and welcome to episode 19 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E, and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. <laughs> Alright, uh, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee, and they're sitting down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. The comic we'll be discussing today is Captain America 1 and Batman 50. I kind of did that in reverse order. Uh, right or wrong. I don't know. I just... Why would you do wrong. That? The coffee we'll be brewing today is called Chana AA Roasted by Propeller Coffee Company. Uh, whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, if you like this show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes and Google Play and Spotify now. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, if you got a few minutes to spare, please leave us a review and a rating and make sure to tell your friends about the podcast. So, before we go brew the coffee... How's your week been, Victor? Uh, why does it been, always uh, been have right? to start with me, Jerry? Okay, but I can't pose that question to myself. Yes, you can. That's not... Feel uh, like you could have been like, hey, Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> well, Jerry, this week. Yeah. It's been a lot of catching up. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I've been trying to catch up on Handmaid's Tale, season two. I was maybe like four episodes behind right now. Okay. Very good show. I highly recommend you watch it. Um, catching up on uh, all fifty issues of Batman, <laughs> um, which uh, well, it's that's a refresher, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I stopped buying them after issue six, which I don't know why I did. I should have kept going, uh, but regardless, I I tried my best. We'll, we'll put it that way. I tried my best, <laughs> uh, and also. Uh, Dokkan battle continues with the uh, third year anniversary. This right. Is, this is this is the time now, Jerry. To play the game. To play the game. This is the time now. I have been playing it. It's uh, it's all right. You know, it's 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 a fun game. It's a lot of free stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot of free well, yeah. Stuff. This week especially, they they've been pushing out a lot of free stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Jerry? What you been up to this week? See, I can pose that question to you. <laughs> yeah. See, you can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same thing. A lot of catching up. Uh, I've been. I started reading Monstrous okay. from Image. Mm. Um, I've had all. I've had like the issues. I just never like because I've been doing like catching up on other books. That yeah. Monstrous is always like. I I need to find a time to sit and read Monstrous because it's such. It's a it's a gorgeous book. Right. But you need to sit and read, the book. Like I didn't want to be like interrupted while I'm reading it and stuff like that. So right. I started catching up on it. It's really good stuff, and. Uh, it's just yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually glad that I, you know, now I have a lot of it to to read up on, so right. I don't have to like sit and wait around. Yeah. So it's a good book, but you're uh, not a patient guy. Eh? You know, I li- I like actually sometimes like with some of the some of the series, I like to like collect a few and yeah. then read them. You know, almost like reading it as a trade paperback, which you know I should just picked it up as a trade, but you know, I <laughs> yeah, still you read them floppies, still yeah. read them as separates. Um, yeah, but yeah, aside from that, I've been doing a lot of reading back on Batman. Um, so as you know, Batman Fifty, the big, uh, the big issue, the big wedding issue came out, and uh, spoilers. I'm just gonna say that first. I'm gonna say that first before anybody gets mad. We're gonna be saying the word spoilers a lot in the show because you you, <laughs> you should know 
Like, well, I mean, it's, well, you know, granted, I mean, if you haven't been spoiled already. To be fair, yeah. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, we'll talk about it later. Exactly, but, yeah. Uh, but we, we're going to do our due diligence to, to warn you ahead of time. Yeah, at least we're doing um, you the favor. Exactly. You know, we will <laughs> let you know. You guys the favor we'll here. let you know ahead of time. So, uh, spoiler warning. But, uh, yeah, the, very divisive. And uh, we're going to get into that a little later. But because of that, I actually went back and read a lot of the previous issues. And a lot of the stuff made sense. So... We'll, we'll get into that, but that's that's basically that's basically the week. A lot of reading, one of those reading weeks again. Reading week? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't been in school in so long. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Okay, so uh, why don't we go brew that coffee? We'll come back and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the coffee. This new coffee from Propeller Coffee. We shall. It's coffee time. It's coffee time. Okay. Okay. And welcome to our coffee segment, where we try one of the coffees that are sent to us and have it accompany us throughout our comics discussion. Okay. During this segment, we'll be trying to identify all the different fragrance and flavor notes and see how what we did compared to the notes provided to us. Sure. Today, we have a coffee from Kiambu County, Kenya, called Mchana A A or A A. And it's been roasted by a propeller coffee company here. In Toronto, Ontario, Canada. If you're listening okay. to this, <laughs> if you're listening to this, <laughs> propeller, please help us pronounce this. Yeah, let us let us know. <laughs> let us know how, to how we how we pronounce this coffee. Because I feel so disrespectful yeah. <laughs> butchering that name right now. Uh, but as well, always, especially because we let off with Chana. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, yep. As is tradition, yeah. Jerry, start us off a little bit of a sniff, sniff. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So I'm getting a bit of, and you you know how like in previous ones we normally don't get. The floral smell, okay. or this floral scent, or the floral flavor. Yeah, and we always thought it was kind of odd. Yeah, this one I'm actually getting a bit of floral. Interesting, a bit, but you know. Um, aside from that, there's a sweetness to it that I can't uh, can't quite put my finger on. Can't quite put your elbow yeah. on it, eh? You know. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta get, go elbow deep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah. But uh, maybe once I taste it, I'll know. Yeah. All right. Well, how about you, Victor? All right, let's, let's, give it a let's, give it a sniff test. I am getting a. Um, I'm definitely getting the floral, okay. which is interesting. I want to say like a slight almond. Okay. And that's about it. That's all I'm getting. Okay. Almond right. and floral. Almond and floral. Okay. That's one more than I did. <laughs> so that's good. All right. Yeah. Let's let's go to the tasting, Jerry. Let's do it. Do a bit of do a couple slurps, huh? Jeez. Okay. All right. Are you not getting anything? I have no idea. Oh boy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you have no clue what's happening here. You're just making a bunch of noises. I don't know what's going on. 
Okay. All right, so three sips in. Okay. And I think I can confidently say that I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I guess the floral was more scent yes. for me. It wasn't so much flavor for me. I didn't get that. Okay. There's a little bit of, and I think it's because I was drinking some uh, like earlier today. I was just having some lemon cucumber water. Yeah. So I guess I was a little familiar with it, but there was a little bit of lemon in this. Okay. But, like faintly. Right. A little bit, but right. like I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm thirsty, so I'm just gonna go on. And yeah, go for it, Victor. Wow, that is. That is something else, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't put my elbow on it. <laughs> I just. It's it's tough. Yeah, that is. A, that's a tough one. That's a real tough one. But do you do you get a bit of lemon? Maybe like the the lemon zest. Yeah, not quite lemon. But there is there is that that bitterness that only comes from like like peel. You know what I mean? Like orange peel. Right. Lemon okay. Peel, you know what yeah. I mean? That bitterness. Okay, I see what you mean by peel. There's yeah. Now that you're talking about it, like yeah. the zest, I'm, I'm I think I'm kind of understand what you mean. Yeah, that's, I mean, hmm. Do you still got the almond? No. No almond? Not at all. Not at all. That's, yeah, that's, that's really all I'm identifying. That's all I'm getting, bro. I think yeah. I think we may have to call epic fail on this one. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's see what uh let's see what the notes that were provided to us are. Let's get the reveal going. I'm gonna like probably I'm gonna hate myself for not getting these uh, Tangerine. Okay. We're close. Sorta of got that. The zest. Vanilla. Okay. Tolu, uh, I don't know. I'm With not, the floral, I guess. This, I mean it's got some leaves around. Well vanilla. maybe this maybe that's the that's that sweetness you were getting. Okay. And, and honey. Honey? Yeah. I am not getting either the vanilla or honey. The tangerine for sure, though. Yeah, tangerine for sure. But the vanilla, I guess the vanilla is kind of what we were smelling earlier. Yeah. We couldn't quite pin it down to yeah. what type of floral. <laughs> but, uh, is you vanilla, know. Is it's it vanilla. floral by scent? I don't know. I don't think so. No, vanilla's got a distinct taste, though. But maybe that's just masked. By the citrusiness of the tangerine. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to say uh, one out of three. <laughs> yeah, we came close. We came I'm cl- going to say so one like, like for the tangerine. 0.75. Only because three. you said the word zest. And then <laughs> we said, okay, you know, we don't have to commit to lemon. We just got to go with zest. <laughs> yeah, just zest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but overall, I think it's uh No, it's great. It's a good I like coffee. it. Yeah, I like it. coffee, yeah. Um, I'm probably going to need another one. For this uh, comic segment, so I'm gonna go ahead and and brew that. Right. Uh, you can do whatever you want. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Let's go brew that. We'll come back. We'll talk about comics. Let's do it. And we're at the comic segment. Uh, in this segment, what we normally do is we take some of our favorite comics, whether it's new or old, and we break them down. We dissect them. We analyze them. We discuss them. 
And uh, we just talked about some of the themes that are present in these books. Uh, the books that we'll be talking about today specifically are Captain America 1 and Batman number 50. Okay. The, the big 5-0, the big 50 issue. Um, but first, first one we're going to talk about today is Captain America. Uh, this is written by Tanahasi Coates with art done by Leno Francis Yu on pencil. Jerry Allen Gillen. Alan Gillen? Is that how you pronounce it? I you think just... so. On ink. Colors by Sonny Go and letters by Joe Caramagna. So, okay, <laughs> this is a brand new number one for the book. Uh, basically, new. this is the result of what happened after Secret Empire. Right. So, Captain America had its run from uh, uh, Nick Spencer, mm-hmm. and uh, he wrote the Captain America run, and then sort of went into the Secret Empire thing where, spoilers if you haven't read Secret Empire, uh, Captain America became Hydro Cap, right? Yeah. Hydro Cap. Captain Hydra. Captain Hydra. So <laughs> the idea for that is at the end, Hydro Cap is kind of an impersonator cap. And yeah. there's a real cap that was trapped. And I believe it was trapped inside of Kobik. Right. Or it was just trapped inside, essentially. Then the real cap, American cap, um, you know, gets freed, uh, and then you know fights off Hydra Cap and stuff like that, and everything goes kind of back to normal, mm-hmm. but not really, yeah. Because in you know now now they're sort of talking about Captain America needing to sort of work himself back into the public perception of Captain America. Well, it's it's also a um, it's also a post Hydra environment as well. Yeah. Right. So he doesn't. He's not entirely sure how to go about being a hero in a post in a post Hydra world. Right. Right. Which is which I get. Right. So we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> uh, just also to the listeners, there is a brief run right after Nick Spencer. Um, it was by Mark Wade, mm-hmm. Mark Wade and Chris Somney. And they sort of did like um, it wasn't even that many issues of it but just uh just sort of like wrapping that up and um kind of talks about captain america starting to work himself back into the public eye right um so there was that brief run but that you know kind of short-lived i actually really like that as well because i really like wade and somni mm-hmm. but it was kind of kind of short-lived so now we have tanahasi coats doing what seems to be an impossible task of reworking captain america into the people's good grace or just being a good marvel book it's uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Okay, <laughs> which you know they've you know they've Shots done fired. it. They've done they've done quite a few in recently. These, uh, recently, yeah. yeah, recently they've done a good job bringing a lot of Marvel book sort of back onto like the upper echelon of books. Yeah, out in the stands. Today. Yeah, um, you know, for example, uh, last week we talked about Black Panther one, which was good. That was great, right? So now he's taking on the task of doing Captain America. And Venom. So, Venom is is a good run too. Venom, yeah. No, Venom one of our top series here, right? So yeah. um and I already kind of have a feeling some of these Marvel books are going to become our more talked about books in uh on the show as well. Right. Um and I know like way earlier on, you know, at like the birth of our show, we sort of didn't really give Marvel some love, you know. Now we're, we're sort like of, the first like 75 percent of the shows that we've done so far so like the first like 15 shows yeah but then you know in retrospect like you know 50 100 shows from now it'll be like a small portion yeah like yeah 10 episodes (laughs) well no if we continue doing the um 
if we continue the the Venom Panther and Captain America run, because I am assuming that those runs are going to go for a while. Yeah. But then I imagine that yeah, there's going to be a lot of Marvel coming up, and it can't be all that bad <laughs> moving into the future, right? Yeah, so. yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so uh, just first impression on the book. What did you think? Great. Yeah. Great. Uh, again, uh, Tanahasi, uh, very. Uh, very socially conscious writer right right um you know we we saw it in in uh, black panther one uh we're seeing here again in captain america one right a lot of um a lot of reflection of what our society is um as of today being injected um into these stories and i think that um that allows for a lot of I guess personal reflection, but also um, a lot of good talking points as well. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, I actually really enjoyed uh, reading this issue over Batman number fifty. Really? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> but well, I okay. In for Captain America, okay. And before before we get into that, let me preface this: there's yeah. going to be spoilers, so spoiler warning. Yeah. Uh, spoiler warning to all our readers, read, listeners. Yeah. Um, readers, slash readers. <laughs> whatever. There's some new things that uh, develop in Captain America one, so uh, we, in order to get into them, we are going to kind of spoil the story a little bit. So yeah. just know that ahead of time. If you haven't read the book, go read the book. You know, the whole spiel come back. Yeah. 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 Okay. So at the beginning of the book, they introduce. The new, um, they introduced a new sort of, I guess, overarching villain. Yeah. Um, Celine. Mm-hmm. So now Celine is declaring war on Hydra. Yeah. Essentially, is saying like the Hydra regime is dead. It's for them. It's time for them to take over. Yeah. Uh, she's one of like the central, I guess, central villains in. Um, what was, what was that play? What's that club called? Hi- Hellfire Club. Yeah. From the X Men. Mm-hmm. So. She's one of the oldest X-Men around, you know, very powerful being, can, you know, absorb souls and stuff like that. That was creepy uh, to watch. Yeah, yeah, that (laughs) was, uh, it was graphic. Because they just, they just dried up like prunes. Like prunes. (laughs) (laughs) Or raisins, you know, some sort of dried fruit. Yeah. But yeah, it it just dried up and uh, it's it's sort of showing you the power of what, you know, this character has. Yeah. And, um... Not everyone is going to be super familiar, especially if you're just jumping into these books. Yeah. Right. If you're if you're a new reader, you, you won't know. Yeah. So it, it it did a good job sort of showcasing that. Um, but I, I wanted to talk about for this book, I actually really did enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. I I personally liked Batman, but that's because you know because well, of the, an, I'm a Batman fan. reader. Yeah. And I've been keeping up with the run and like I've been really looking forward to that issue. So it paid off really well. Well you've for been me. keeping up with most Batman runs probably for like the last what, ten years, maybe? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> ever since New Fifty Two, you've been keeping up with every Batman yeah. run. Well that's that was only like six, seven years ago. But it's, even before that, just long. some detective comics. Close stuff, enough to but, a decade. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess wow. Well, it's been a while, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I I really enjoyed that book, but this book really captivated me too. Because I want to talk about the per- the perception of Captain America, yeah, and the portrayal of Captain America and Americans in general in this book, yeah, compared to sort of what we have, like in real life, yeah, what we have in our world. So the the beginning shows a protest of sorts between 
um, hydro nostalgics, in a sense. Yeah. People who believed in the in Hydra's vision. Yeah. Um, but it's just like ordinary people, right? Obviously, when a regime takes over, not even if it's evil, even if it's you know bad or whatever, not everybody would oppose it. Yeah. Right. Maybe a lot of people oppose it, but there will always be people that welcome it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so at the beginning of this book, the we we see a group of people, you know, welcoming that, and then there's yeah. people protesting that and stuff like that. Yeah. And then we get uh, Nuke, the character Nuke. Yeah. So if you didn't know, it's a character, um, kind of looks like Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Kind of looks like Duke Nukem, yeah. but he's got the American flag painted on his face or tattooed. Or or tattooed, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure it's that tattooed actually. You think it's tattooed? Yeah. That hurt, eh? Well, he's it's also cybernetic, so I don't think it matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um so yeah, it's on his face. Yeah. And uh they come in and then they start killing people. They start killing the Hydro Nostalgics. Um so then Captain America comes in, he makes his return, comes in, you know, starts beating them up, and then he, he does what he can to like put them down and stuff yeah. like that, right? Um but that to me is is kind of reflective of what what we have in our world not not to the violent extent of what is shown here but i feel like that's kind of reflective in in our world in a sense that no matter what regime is running uh we're in canada so yeah. it's a little bit different here than Culturally, guess, yeah. you know c- compared to our american U.S. brethren, yeah, but over there, brethren to sisters, right? Of course, but <laughs> over there is wow. <laughs> Let me speak. <laughs> but no. over there, no. they it's almost as if there's like a new regime going, but not everyone's opposed it. Yeah, right. And then there will always be people that support the notion. Yeah, and those people, I feel like, are very much like the shooters that we're seeing. In in America, yeah, and it's kind of messed up, but it's, but it's also, ref like it's also sort of this like ugly truth that is just there, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's what made that portion of the book a lot more powerful than just villain comes in mindless killing stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really like I mean, apart from uh, that that one particular. Um, section of the of the issue or the story where he goes and he fights the the multiple nukes right um i mean that particular ideology is sprinkled throughout the whole issue right um a lot of it comes from that um that inner monologue throughout the issue of um of captain america right? right and to me the the inner monologue was was the most powerful right because captain america now is the is symbolic of the average american citizen now okay right and a lot of his thoughts mirror the thoughts of what an average person would be thinking Mm -hmm. right like why why are we fighting for this freedom what is it what does this freedom mean what what is this freedom from Right, those are a lot of uh, good questions that, um, well, I'm sure we'll we'll get into a little later on, right? Mm-hmm. But um, 
again, it gets it's sprinkled throughout the issue, and I think that's why I enjoyed it so much, right? right because yeah. there was always something to think about every page, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's the there's the idea of uh, of General Ross mm-hmm. showing up mm-hmm. and sort of excluding Captain America in the efforts to to sort of calm the minds. Yeah. Um, because I feel like like and I feel like what they're really getting into is the fact that perception regard regardless of this whole idea of like not judging someone by its cover or you know not going by that perception really is everything image is everything yeah and i think at this point captain america's image in the public mind has been damaged enough that even though he makes a return to defeat hydra camp i don't think people are convinced that that wouldn't happen again because someone who looked exactly like Steve Rogers was the one that brought in the Hydra regime. Yeah. So public perception wise, I, like I feel like this is really what this book is dealing with. Yeah. It's the idea of, of imaging imagery. Right. You know, well, the biggest thing of course is, um, you know, when, when general Ross says appearances are everything, right? Like those nukes, in my opinion, uh, are a reflection of, every mass shooter that has has ever uh happened yeah. mass in, or in, in US in yeah. US history, right? Like yeah. mass or on Like how do you how do you react to to somebody that's killing American citizens, right? Who more or less is an American citizen him slash herself. Yeah. Right? That how do you react? Right? And I feel like um that's what General Ross meant by appearances are everything, mm. right? Like if it's hard, it's hard to condemn somebody as part of a group when you're part of that group, right? Of okay, a ma- of of a mass shooter, yeah. Right? It's like yeah. you know you can't say well those darn American shooters when you when you're American, yeah. Right? How do you? how do you react to that how do you feel about that right and i feel like that's what um that's what uh tanahasi was trying to get across uh Mm -hmm. when he brought in uh general ross speaking about appearances yeah absolutely absolutely and yeah and i just think it's interesting because it, it it creates this sort of new conflict for Captain America, and it's not even a conflict. Obviously, in the issue, we do get the conflict with Celine, and um, but the idea with Celine is not so much a conflict with Captain America. It's just you know, there's this powerful she's, she's being just that's going to come and conquer. Yeah. Um, but so I want to get into that a little bit. So Celine and uh, what was what was the other girl's name? Uh, Alexa. Yeah. Celine and Alexa. Um, they end up in this sort of like a town square thing, and then they had a they a had a hydro soldier. operative, yeah. And then she proceeds to drain the soul mm-hmm. of hydro operative, mm-hmm. and then declares that Hydra is dead, mm-hmm. right? Um, I I feel like they they're gonna come in and they're going to take over, and they're going to put in this new regime mm-hmm. now, whether or not they're fighting sort of good guys or bad guys. And, and in this case, they're fighting what the Marvel you consider bad guys yeah. with, with Hydra. Mm-hmm. Um, if 
we get to a point, and I, and I know we will it's at some point in this run, Captain America is going to come in and he's going to witness this. He's going to witness the rise of the Hellfire Club again. Yeah. And he's going to see that Hellfire Club's rising and Hydra is dying. Mm-hmm. Do you think Captain America would then go and support the Hydra? Not, not in a sense of supporting Hydra ideology, but would he save them from, from death? I think it's, as a hero, he kind of is morally obligated to save lives, right? Regardless right. of whether they're good or bad. Yeah. Right? I think that's what makes you a hero, right? Um, but that doesn't, again, that also plays into now public appearances, right? Well, here goes Captain America saving Hydra soldiers or operatives or whatever. Exactly, right? yeah. Um, but it's his duty as a hero to mm-hmm. to save lives. So is he going to save them? Yes, but that but that doesn't necessarily mean he's supporting yeah whatever ideology, right? Like yeah. he he like he saves average American citizens all the time, right? Without without regards uh, or without minding what their personal philosophy or personal beliefs are, right? Right, like he he could have saved like an average citizen, but that guy's like a KKK leader, <laughs> or whatever the case is. Like yeah. you don't know, right? Yeah. Um, so it's that mentality of save first, and then everything else can come after, right? And save first, ask questions later. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so that's I mean that's my personal thoughts on it. Right. Yeah. And but then that's like that's sort of the risk that I'm guessing that you know cat. Cap has to kind of make because if he goes and saves Hydra agents, Mm -hmm. right, then right away people are going to write about them. Yeah. Right. Uh, It's going to be portrayed differently in in media as well. Mm -hmm. And they're going to show, like, hey, Captain America is supporting Hydra again. Yeah. Right. And then it might actually spur people to support the Hellfire Club. Right. Because they want Hydra gone. Yeah. Right. So. It does. It does generate a pretty interesting conflict for later on the run. I think. Yeah. And it's something that I'm. I'm kind of looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what Cap Cap does. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's gonna win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, remember in um, uh, was it? It, it was Civil War, Captain America: Civil War, the movie. Mm-hmm. I remember when um Scarlet Witch went to go take out um. Oh shoot! I forgot what his name was. the The guy with the skull mask. Do you remember? Um. No. I well, don't regardless, know. he I went to go. The way to go take him out, he was in a building. What if his name was just Skullface? Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but she went to go take him out. Yeah. And then she ended up bringing down a building and and hurting slash killing a lot of citizens. Right. Right. So there's no winning. It doesn't matter what you do. You just have to be a hero to the best of your ability. Right. And then deal with everything else afterwards. Oh, crossbones. Crossbones. Crossbones, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then deal with everything else afterwards because, I mean, really, that's that's your job as a hero. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they can't... You can't draw the line. No. Right? And, um, and that plays into... See, that plays into a bit of this sort of unwritten rule for a lot of the heroes that um, that you don't cross the line when it comes to killing yeah like you can never cross the line because once you do you you know you can't come back from that mm-hmm. right 
I think in in this particular sense, in a you know, in a sense that we're talking about heroes saving everyone, regardless of who they are. Yeah. You save first and ask questions later. Then you know, if they need to be jailed, they need to be jailed. Yeah. I think that's also why it's important that you you can't kill. Yeah. Because if you allow yourself to be able to kill, then the situations like this where you need to save someone's life, then it becomes whether or not they need to be saved. Yeah. Right. Because if they're like this absolute bad guy, let's just say the Red Skull, do you save the Red Skull? Well, if you allow yourself to kill and you allow yourself to make the judgment, then you you, you can just easily say, well, I'm going to kill him anyways. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, whether you decide to save... Yeah. Well, yeah, let's use Red Skull as an example. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you decide... Well, because he's you, so evil, right? Yeah. So, whether yeah. you decide to save him or not... <sighs> Yeah, like you like you said, you can't draw the line. Like there's no Yeah. It's either you save the person or you don't save the person, regardless of who they are. Yeah. Right? And as soon as you decide to not save that person, it changes everything. Right? Yeah. Because then it's just like you're you're Because you're making a judgment you're call. Playing, on it, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Then you're no longer the hero that that you say you are or that everybody thinks you are. Yeah, for sure. Right? Because then you're just picketing choosing. Yeah. Well, what's the difference then? Then you're just like it's like some guy just <laughs> just picking and choosing right you're no just longer some here. guy in a blue red and white suit yeah <laughs> like, i don't know i it takes away from from a heroic character if they do yeah that, yeah right? for sure and like again if like you said if they got to get jailed they got to get jailed save, save their life first and ask questions jail, later you let the system deal with it right exactly exactly yeah so i think that's going to be something that's important for this run to cover as well yeah. and i think they will just judging by the way that Tanahasi Coates has sort of set this up, yeah, and the way that he's sort of written the previous Black Panther volume, yeah, you know, and even now, like with the the intergalactic Wakanda Empire, yeah, I feel like that's going to be a direction he goes, and yeah. I, and I feel like that's kind of missed on Captain America books mm-hmm. because for a while Captain America, um, it was the run by Ed Brubaker, yep. and Steve Epting. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, that was kind of what they dealt with. It's just like really ground level, you know, espionage type things. Yeah. Like that's kind of, then that was like the birth of like the Winter Soldier and everything. And like that, that was where they rolled. And I feel like that type of Captain America book is sorely missed. Yeah. You know, and we're kind of making a return to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the run. Yeah, it, it seems, it seems fun. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you have on here. Um, a point here about something that Captain America says. He says, I am a warrior who hates war. Mm -hmm. What is your take on that line? Well, I mean, he's... It's very... That's the self-conflict he deals with all the time, right? He's, He's a soldier first, but he's also a soldier that doesn't like the duties of a soldier. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't see war the same way that everybody else sees war. Like, like Bucky in this issue, for example. Mm-hmm. Right? Bucky just kills. He just, she just shoots. Right? And he'll, and he'll deal with, uh, he doesn't have any emotional hangups about it. Whereas Captain America does. Right? He doesn't want to go through with killing people if, if he doesn't have to. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in which case, most of them don't. They don't kill ever, right? But even if if Captain America sees it, he just it just doesn't he just doesn't like it, mm-hmm. right? 
And that's that's the issue that he's struggling with coming back um, into this post uh, Hydra society. Yeah. Right. Um, he just doesn't know what is where where his place is. Right. So. The, the, it starts with an internal conflict and mm-hmm. then the conflicts project itself outward right right he's a he's a warrior who hates war um and he's a he's an american living in an america he doesn't recognize anymore mm-hmm. right so when you really think about it it's as if captain america was unfrozen for a second time and then brought back into, okay, the, into yeah. the world and has to relearn the whole thing once again right yeah right? okay so there's Captain America coming back in a post World War II world and now it's a Captain America coming back in a post Hydra world. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, we'll we'll see how he deals with the struggle. Uh, I imagine that this time around it's going to be a lot different from how he dealt with coming back uh after being unfrozen. But it I mean the parallels are there though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think for I mean, for, you know, it's sort of the, um, you're, you're sort of like, it's retreading, I guess. Yeah. On a similar trope. Yeah. But there's significant differences in terms of yeah. the ramifications that will have. Oh, very significant. So, because the first time around when, when he was unfrozen and came back to society, he wasn't involved in that society. Exactly. Right? So yeah. now he's just coming back and people are learning about him. Yeah. Right? Just as he's learning about them. Yeah. This time around... He's coming back and people already have a perception of him. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, so now it's similar, but he's different. He's dealing with it under very different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's what makes uh, part of what makes this story so interesting. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, sure. there's, a, there's a lot of character development that's going to have to happen in terms of that. Yeah. So. I'm I'm really looking forward to the rest of the run. Me too. It it seems it seems like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, um, any final thoughts on Captain America? Just I mean, for it. the most part, like we we always already kind of given our yeah. thoughts. But you know, but any just, any parting final thoughts on Captain? Just America keep one? writing it. <laughs> just keep writing it, and then uh, we'll we'll see where it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I like you said, I I've been really enjoying it so far. Yeah. That the future bodes well for Captain America. Absolutely, that's for sure. absolutely, that's for sure. All right, so. We're going to move on to our second book, and our second book is the big release this week, and it is the um, Batman number 50. Yes. This is the wedding issue that Mm -hmm. everybody has been looking forward to since the beginning of, well, not since the beginning of the run, but it's something that I think people kind of saw coming, and then, you know, a few arcs in, Batman proposes yeah. Well, I mean, Kyle. it was heavily hinted exactly, at the beginning yeah. of of uh, Tom King's run. Yeah. Right. Where he's he's he throws he throws her in there and 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 pairs them together quite quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's it's alluded very heavily up until issue twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> when it's just like oh, okay, well we saw this. Coming, like, okay, right? so yeah, he was just gonna go for it. Um, before we go any further. Spoiler warning. Spoiler <laughs> warning. This is the biggest spoiler tag I'm going to ever put on a single book because the spoiler that happens, like the thing that happens in this book, you do not want spoiled if you have not read the issue. Because I do believe if you have not read the issue and you find out what happened, 
your perception of what happens will be very skewed. Yeah. Like it, it won't be. I I don't think you will give it the correct the correct judgment call if you don't read the issue first. Yeah. Absolutely read. You know, for the most part, if you've read the run, then it's fine. And you read this issue, then you get to that point, then you come listen to our podcast and listen to what we have to say. Uh, we absolutely want to discuss it with everyone because we do believe this is one of the biggest things to happen in comics right now, especially. Uh, basically, we're doing you the favor that uh, New York Times didn't do. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw New York Times under the bus. Yeah, they threw themselves under the yeah, bus. Yeah, you know. And I, I read the explanation they did. Um, they gave. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so bad. There's yeah. no good. There's no actual. Yeah. There's like, no there was absolutely no reason to not just why you had warning. to run that. Yeah. Or, or, the or, biggest spoilers. Why did they have to run it? No, no. The biggest thing is they didn't even put it in their title. The yeah. title spoiled it. Yeah. And that was the worst part. Is is that they could have just they could have just put Batman Fifty wedding issue spoilers ahead, and that's it. And yeah. nobody, you know, nobody needs to to read what happens after that. If you if you haven't read the book, if you don't care about reading the book, but I don't understand. I mean, I didn't get to read their explanation. Quite frankly, I don't care, right? Because there really is no explanation. Yeah, what I don't understand is why they had to run that story in the first place that week. Yeah, like, like why? Like what benefit did you have? Of running that particular article and spoiling the issue, yeah, like there's there's no good reason, right? Now there there is one reason going around. There's okay. one re- one sort of explanation going around that it was done as sort of a damage control, like a preemptive damage control, in a sense that they get to control their narrative right. about when this comes out, how it comes out, and stuff like that. Right. A lot of shops. Uh, and and again, spoiler warning. My goodness, just take just take our word for it. Spoiler warning, because we're about to write, get right into it. Yeah. Um, a lot of shops ordered, sort of pre pre ordered a bunch of different uh, you know incentive titles, uh, incentive covers. They ordered the variant stuff. They there are some shops that even set up an altar. Yeah. For like somebody to cosplay as Batman and Catwoman to come in. Yeah. And do the ceremony. Yeah. And when this spoiler leaked, people went nuts. Mm-hmm. They canceled their pre-orders, did all that other stuff. Um, and this is people who haven't read the book. Yeah. I mean, the book is it's a it's a big book. It's a it's an anniversary issue. Yeah, a few pages got spoiled. Mm-hmm. People went nuts, canceled a bunch of stuff, and like you know, people in the shops were like, "It's like oh, maybe we just don't host the ceremony anymore." Blah blah yeah. blah. Because you know, spoiler alert, it ha- it didn't happen. The it wedding didn't happen. didn't happen. Yeah. Um. So the the you know, as sort of like a last minute thing in the book, the wedding got called off. Mm-hmm. They just sort of went their separate ways. Mm-hmm. I think the damage control part of it, and I don't want to harp on this too much because I really want to get into the book, but. The damage control part of it is because if people found out in the shop on Wednesday after work in the morning, whenever they go and they just have it on the shelf, right? And they're like, oh man, I'm going to pick up this book. And then they quickly flip through it and they happen upon it. Oh boy. Hmm. The reactions and the backlash people will have in the shop with some poor sap sitting behind the counter and be like, I'm just here to sell comic books. Yeah. The reaction that would have happened. The people who maybe dressed up as Batman and Catwoman, yeah. just hanging out in the shop. Yeah, the things that would have happened that day would have been just out of this world. Yeah, but madness. I mean, at the same time, it's 
So like, that's, that's like the one thing people I think are sort of hanging on, be like, okay, maybe this is why they did it. Right. Um, and I think, and then the timing of, of it also wasn't good because DC asked them to put it in the vow. Mm-hmm. In the vow section mm-hmm. of of this book, it's like a style section of New York Times. Yeah, and the editor didn't felt in like felt ingenuous about putting something in the vow that doesn't happen. So he didn't want it to be in the vow because then people will go read the book and then it doesn't happen. And he felt in, you know disingenuous about that. But that's the whole thing, though, right? Like anybody who who saw this issue coming which they you know everybody saw it from a mile away right that was the expectation was that the ceremony was going to happen right right and then you know tom king decided to go a different direction right but that's that's storytelling mm-hmm. right? you can't get upset about storytelling yeah you know that's I mean? that's my big thing like you obviously can't be upset about okay fiction. so it didn't happen whatever <laughs> right like it's here's here's my here's my gripe about it Right, and and I'll I'll keep it short because I know you we want to get into the issue, right? My gripe about it is that we like it's totally spun into something that it's not, if that makes any sense, right? Right. Okay. Like, okay, it's a big issue, absolutely. Batman's projected to get married to Catwoman, huge, right? But I don't think it's that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a big deal, right? Um. I mean, granted, I'm not as big of a Batman fan as probably most people. I'm okay with that, right? <laughs> um, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I don't understand like why it's why it's such a big thing. Yeah, I just don't get it. Right? It's part of the story. Maybe Tom Kane will just right put in another wedding later on where it does happen. Yeah, who knows? Right? That's that's the story he wants to write. Let's just roll with it. It's 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 still a very good story, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, let's just see where it goes, mm-hmm. right? You you can't expect it to always work out the way you wanted it to work out as a reader, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, watching okay. a movie, like a scary movie, and then this woman or man, whatever, starts walking down a dark hallway, and you go, "No, you probably shouldn't go there. You should probably get the hell out of the house." Yeah. and they just go down there and they get killed anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and then you obviously get upset about that, right? Yeah. You're just like, "Well, I, we saw it coming." But that's storytelling. That's storytelling, yeah. exactly. So it, to me, it's not that big of a deal. I don't think it's something that people should really get upset about. Yeah, for sure. In all honesty, for sure. But that's just me. But you know, we live in a reactionary society now. Everyone's oh, very much have so. a reaction to very it, much right? so. Where everybody's opinion <laughs> needs to matter. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get into the book itself. Yeah. Um. There's a I picked out sort of a few specific pages. Yeah. So the way this book went down, um, uh, well actually let me cr- introduce the creative team first. We could kind of just like ran run into the we whole did we did we, we ran into thing. that with the Ferrari with just, the, like... just uh yeah <laughs> well a bus I suppose because you know New York Times just yeah. ran right over that thing. <laughs> um, so it's written by Tom King, uh, art by Mikhail Hanin. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it because I, I had to YouTube that yeah. to, to, to how to pronounce his name. Uh, colors done by Jun Chung and letters done by Clayton Cowles. Mm-hmm. So I've picked out a few pages specifically because the way the book happens is uh, Mikhail, Mikhail Hanin mm-hmm. drew the portions where it's like present time or like chronicling the actual wedding yeah. itself. Yeah. And then in between, there's like this 
this huge cast of just superstar artists. Yeah. That does just a single just single page splash pages. Yeah. And uh, you know, single full page, just sort of like a quick um Batman Catwoman thing. And then there's captions like there's like um there's captions on it. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like um, they're writing like uh love letters to each other. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We find out later on they are writing a letter to yeah. each other, like yeah. later on down the book. Mm-hmm. Um but in between, like, you know, you get a few pages of the, the, the wedding prep and then you go into a page or two of this thing that chronicles what they have to say to each other, but it also highlights this this incredible history of Batman and Catwoman. Yeah. Um so you get you get two different perspectives. So like they're two letters to each other, right? So you have, and it's well done by the letter as well, just like really making yeah. sure that it's obvious. Yeah. Um, so you have Batman's page mm-hmm. um, in one of the, in like a flashback thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have Catwoman's page and then you go into some wedding stuff and then a Batman page and then a Catwoman page and yeah. then some wedding stuff and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, what I really wanted to talk about is the tone from those letters mm-hmm. because to me, that was what's really important to see and understand in this issue, because it really, truly chronicles what it is to be Batman and what it is to be a hero. Yeah. So there's a few pages I've pointed out on Amanda Connor's page, and I don't know if you have it on your computer right now. Um, if you want to pull it up so you know exactly which one I'm looking at. Okay. Um, but on Amanda Connor's page, mm-hmm. and it's the one with this like um this lion that's on it yeah you see it right mm-hmm. is that, wait is that a lion or a t- that's not a lion i'm so crazy clearly not a lion <laughs> <laughs> i don't know in my head i felt like it was a lion i opened up the page it's not a lion <laughs> you see it <laughs> uh, I'm, i lost the page somehow <laughs> i was on it and then i lost it uh that's it's a tiger. It's... Oh, that's not even the right one. I'm on the Fabic one. It, it'll say at the bottom. Oh, by the way, yeah. So, you know, kudos to these guys as well. They've credited the artists at the bottom. Oh, if they didn't, I would be upset. Yeah, and it's and it's incredible because I actually think it adds a different... Just by crediting the artists at the bottom of that page, it adds a different thing to it. Yeah. You know? Like, it's not... Like it's very much chronicling their life. You That's know? very much a tiger. The, yeah. In my head, in my head, it was a lion. I don't know why I thought it was a lion. Open it up. It's clearly a tiger. Yeah. Clearly. Um. So okay, that page. I think starting from that page forward, because at the beginning they're talking about how they thought they met each other. They thought each other were just sort of like this normal person, like you know, it's a sort of regular old hero or like regular old thief someone who like can't thief properly yeah because she keeps getting foiled yeah but then they looked at each other's eyes yeah and they've come to this real life to this essentially the rest of the book is about what they see and what they see from each other and what they see from each other's eyes right but it's very telling of the way everything breaks down at the end mm-hmm. um so on that page selena says a few things that are very telling for the direction of what's going to happen with the wedding mm-hmm. so she says he has blue eyes these blue pure eyes mm-hmm. and she talks about how um, the blue eyes are for purity and that uh, you know boys and girls have blue eyes yeah because 
they're young and they're they're young, innocent, and they're filled with hope, mm-hmm. right? Not the negativity, not the the burdens of the future, burdens of life, and all yeah. that stuff bringing them yeah. down. They have the purest forms of blue, and that that blue blue eye becomes a very prominent part of this book, mm-hmm. very much a character on its own. So she talks about that, and she says men should have sort of like this um, this impure blue, like a faux blue. An, a blue trying to be blue, mm-hmm. trying to pretend to be blue, but it you know, but it fails, and mm-hmm. it's always going to show lines of white or other impurities and stuff like that. But Selena only notices that Bruce only has blue, yeah, in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I, when I got to that page, from what I was breaking down with that page, I felt. The blue eyes for Bruce Wayne very much symbolizes the fact that his life has just sort of been on a singular crusade yeah. to prevent crime in Gotham. Mm-hmm. His sole purpose is to prevent crime. Yeah. Um, because, you know, as we know, his origin story, the the very, you know, often told yeah, he came origin from story a, of Batman. another planet on a spaceship. Yeah, he came from a planet <laughs> on a spaceship. Um, somewhere along the line, he, he made a pissed up on Noah. Yeah. And <laughs> so... <laughs> His parents died when he was a child. So because of that, he vowed for that to never happen to anyone else. So he became Gotham's protector. He became mm-hmm. Gotham's, you know, crusader. Yeah. So the innocence of his childhood was already gone. Yeah. And the blue that is in his eyes, the blue that people are seeing, the blue that is driving him forward is now just replaced with justice. Yeah. Right, it's replaced with the singular notion of justice mm-hmm. to prevent this from happening to anyone else. Yeah, he never wavers from that, which is why he remains blue. Yeah, there's there's no impurities about that. He's yeah. very focused mm-hmm. on his mission. Right, so that's kind of my takeaway from it. The, when I when I first read uh, this particular page, uh, I om- I almost get a sense that Catwoman feels guilty. Okay. You know what I mean? Like she's reading it, like she's writing it, and then it's almost like she, if it feels like she's writing this in a sense that she's getting in the way of that blue. Okay. Right. Because yeah. it, it's, it's not, it, to me, when she, when she wrote it, it's, there's astonishment in the fact that, that his particular blue is just so full of justice and truth. Yeah. Uh, but then it's almost like, you know, why, why am I going to get in the way of that sort of thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's the sense that I got from reading this. Okay. Also, there's a female tiger and a male tiger. Was it? If you couldn't tell the difference. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can kind of see that now. Kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Pretty much that's when, that's when it starts happening. I think yeah. at this part of the book is when she started to create, to generate doubt. Yes. Right? Um, so the like next immediately one, after actually. exactly like immediately after <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so the next one that I have sort of put down is uh, the Kubert page. Yep, you're on that Kubert page. Yep. So on that page, basically the you know they're on the rooftop and you know stuff like that. They're talking about being on a rooftop stuff like that. So. Catwoman comes to a realization. This is no longer about Selena Kyle. It's no longer about Bruce Wayne. Catwoman yeah. is coming to a realization that all of these years and all of these encounters later of the encounters that they've had on rooftops, mm-hmm. she only really saw Batman 
Yeah. His blue eyes of justice. Yeah. And not so much Bruce Wayne. The eyes of Bruce Wayne. Exactly. Yeah. It's the eyes of Batman. It's, and that's what she's mesmerized about. Mm-hmm. She's mesmerized about Batman. Mm-hmm. Right? And his singular focus. Yeah. And she realizes that after all these encounters that that is what she sees. Yeah. Like she hasn't fully seen Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and at this point in the book, you start to, to really see doubt. Mm-hmm. forming in her mind right yeah. so like percolating this idea of that yeah she she loves the idea of batman mm-hmm. but i don't think she truly understood bruce wayne and this is the part where she comes to that i also i mean to be fair i also thought it was this whole idea of them getting married was kind of ridiculous too because yeah that's, yeah because yeah. that's the truth is that she doesn't know bruce wayne yeah but that's who she's marrying Right, she's not marrying Batman. Yeah. Dude's not going to come out in a cowl and <laughs> and and go through the whole ceremony that way, yeah. right? They and, don't know each other. And, and I'm that's... actually really glad you brought that up. Yeah, because now that we know what happened, yeah. right, it's easier to talk about. But I'm glad you brought up the fact that you know, dude's not going to just come out in a cowl. Yeah, on the cover, it's a picture of on the like on the on the cover of this issue. Mm-hmm. It's a picture of Batman. And you know, sitting on the couch kissing. Yeah. Um, and it's specifically Batman. Yeah. Not Bruce. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they're really getting at is it's the marriage of those two characters. And those two characters are those who understand each other. But they don't understand each other deep down. No, they, they right? absolutely do not know each other. Yeah. Like so there was a there was an issue from like early on. I think it was forty four issue forty four where they had that the dual covers, yeah, different covers. One of Catwoman looking into a mirror, well, Selene looking into a mirror, and then Bruce Wayne looking into a mirror. The one the cover with Bruce looking into a mirror, Bruce is seeing Batman, and mm-hmm. Selena is seeing Catwoman. Yeah, because that's who they are. In this situation, in yeah. this situation, in this sort of in this harmony of the two characters, mm-hmm. that's who they are. Yeah, they're their alter ego, or that identity, yeah. but they're not Bruce Wayne and Selina. Yeah, you know? exactly, and because, and that's why that cover, like you said, is so is so significant, right? And and it, it, you know, just to mirror your point, that's exactly what it is. It's just Catwoman marrying Batman, or Batman, or whatever, Batman marrying Catwoman, and it, it the relationship doesn't go beyond that. Yeah. Right. It doesn't go beyond that, and that's why, to me, this this whole wedding is ridiculous. Yeah. Because it's just like, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. And maybe maybe I'm missing something, because I haven't quite read all the issues like you have. I'm just I'm just here to make this podcast interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to get a second opinion. <laughs> But um, no, but you've caught up for the most part, I think. Yeah, most of it. Yeah, most of it. Yeah. But um, but like I said, it just it, to me it doesn't make any sense. It's not like it's not like Clark and Lois mm-hmm. because Clark and Lois know each other. Yeah, right. She knows. She knows. She knows that beyond Superman, really is Clark. Yeah, right. But Selena doesn't see Bruce Wayne beyond Batman mm-hmm. just as just as uh, Batman doesn't see Selina beyond Catwoman yeah right so that's why to me that it, it, it doesn't work yeah and which is why I wasn't surprised by that it happened yeah, yeah. Exactly. That, well that it didn't happen yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so 
I, yeah, so it's good. It's good that you brought that up because you know, give us a chance to talk about it. Yeah, and um, and that's it's very telling. And there yeah. were there were sort of hints sprinkled out throughout the entire run that yeah. sort of gave away at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next page I have written down uh, that I have uh, put down is the page by Pope. 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 Uh, it's the one after Tim Sale. Yep. Yeah. So in this one, Catwoman for me is Catwoman coming to understand that Batman because of his purity and his singular focus um, Batman is better than everyone at that because he knows he has to be better than everyone at at, you know at justice at doing that at doing that for the city and because he's better than everyone that can do that and he's better than everyone that's willing to do what he's doing yeah he has to always be there. Yeah. So Catwoman is understanding that in order for him to be the best hero that he can be, in order for him to be the best version of himself, he has to always be there. He has to always be available. Yeah. In the night. You yeah. know, which where, obviously where people go home, go to sleep, try to feel safe, he's out there trying to make sure they are. Mm-hmm. Right? So he has to always be there to protect everyone. Mm-hmm. And she's coming to understand that she probably can't take that away no because she's not just taking away batman she's taking away a protector of the entire city Mm -hmm. right and that's kind of that was the portion where she comes to that realization yeah yeah it's a it's a sad realization yeah but it's also the most accurate right um i mean there's a particular reason why we don't see batman in long-standing relationships ever right because it's again i'll use uh lois and superman as an example right superman is allowed to do that because he's superman right Mm -hmm. he can be anywhere in a second yep right same thing with the flash yeah the flash can be with iris because he could be anywhere in a in a second in a flash get what i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) But Batman can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And it's it's one of the things that limits him to be yeah. you know, to be the best version of himself, right? Yeah. So he has to always constantly strive to be better. Yeah. You know, because he doesn't have the superpower. Yeah. He's, just, he's just one man trying to do his best. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you know, and she knows that introducing herself into his life the way that she has it's it's gonna have consequences for Gotham, right? Right, um, and 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 you know, very brave of her to sort of take herself away from the equation, just so that that the city can be safe. Yeah, for sure. Right, for sure. Yeah, so that I think that was the page where it really comes to like, okay, I think she's on that path. Like she's yeah. really on that path now. Yeah, and she's getting to like the point of it. Yeah. Um, so the next page I got put down is uh, the one by Clayman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one where uh, Batman is carrying a cat, doll, <laughs> a stuffed cat, and yeah. Catwoman, and then you know Superman's carrying Lois. So on that page, um, that was actually sort of referring back to the Super Friends arc, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is kind of that arc also dealt with it a little bit um but 
this is sort of where she comes to understanding what she thinks Bruce Wayne is, mm-hmm. right? So she's acknowledging that underneath the blue and the purity of Batman is a child. Yeah. A child who went through trauma and is just looking for some sort of companionship because when he when he went through that when he was young, he just had he had, you know, he had Alfred, mm-hmm. right? But he didn't have the companionship to guide him through it. Yeah. He became so focused on what he wanted to do that he didn't have anybody telling him like, hey, you know, live life a little. Mm-hmm. So he he was so desperate to look for any sort of companionship just to not be alone because being alone in your thoughts in that type of time you could be very difficult yeah right so she thinks that batman does what he does and bruce wayne does what he does at night it's not to prevent the pain and suffering but because of the pain and suffering yeah because of that and he he didn't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. He goes out there and he does what he does. Mm-hmm. And his his sole purpose now is to protect people and make sure they don't go through that same pain and suffering. Right. So she's coming to realize that this is what Bruce Wayne is now. Bruce Wayne is sort of... Bruce Wayne is just... It's a child. Bruce Wayne is a child trying to live up to an ideal that he had. Mm-hmm. And the ideal has been now pushed through by Batman. Mm-hmm. right? And Batman has become this sort of engine for hope. This yeah. symbol for hope for, for Gotham City, mm-hmm. and that's what Bruce has succeeded at. Yeah, it's kind of. I find it interesting that the uh, with Superman carrying Lois and with Batman carrying uh, Catwoman, that the the difference in the relationship is so it's so stark. Like it's so it's so dramatic, right? You look mm-hmm. at Batman and, and and Catwoman, and you just don't get that that same that same feeling about the relationship as you do with Superman and Lois. Yeah, right. And it's it's kind of sad, actually. But yeah, <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to say you that. Kind of see it with Batwoman and Cat, uh, blah, blah, Batman and Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. Um, in this particular situation, is like there. They're in that phase where, like, they're they are in love, but yeah. they're in love with each other as their personas. Yeah, right. And they're a lot more playful in the picture and stuff like that. But I think when you look at the Superman portion of it, Superman um, and Lois Lane, like, yeah, they've already gone past our, the past the surface. They yeah. understand each other. Yeah, their now focus is together. Yeah, on something else. Yeah, right. And they've already moved past that. Yeah, you know. So I, I think there is a little to be said there, and it's also just it adds to the overall sort of declining nature of their relationship. Yeah, throughout the book, and it's it's sad to see, but yeah, you also understand it. Yeah, you know. Also, Superman's bicep is huge in this page. Have you seen how big his bicep is? Well, like that's mostly tricep, no? Oh, uh, maybe, but I don't know. Big arms, either way. <laughs> yeah, huge. big arms. Guy, you know, guy works out. You know, he's, uh, you know he bench presses rocket ships. You know, so. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one I got written down, and this is the last sort of page where you know it's the last one where you see that it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, it's the one by Joel Jones, mm-hmm. um, and this is rem- kind of reminiscing the uh, the arc that they had when they went to sort of tell Talia what's happening. Yeah. Um, so you know they had to get through Talia in a sense. Mm-hmm. So this was a huge page for me because 
you you get the revelation that Catwoman's not going through with the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes to say that at the end, she's sacrificing her love to mm-hmm. save Batman. Yeah, right. Because she has made the decision to save Batman. Yeah, and we will get into that in a little bit. So here she's talking about how she understands the drive for Batman is what's creating the hope for yeah. the city, right? Mm-hmm. The drive for him to continue to be the best version of himself mm-hmm. is what's generating the hope for the city, for the, for the city to survive, right? Um, and then she talks about the Booster Gold arc. Uh, have, mm-hmm. you, have you read the Booster Gold arc? I have not. Oh, no? Okay. So basically what happened in that arc, uh, spoiler warning to you, Victor, <laughs> Thanks. Well, let me just leave right now. I don't want to. Be <laughs> yeah, you just walk out real quick yeah. and then come back. And um, so in that arc, uh, Booster Gold says he got Batman a gift. Okay. The gift is he went back in time and saved his parents mm. from dying. Yeah. You know, prevented their death. So in that world he created, Batman never had the trauma, mm-hmm. and he never became Batman. Mm-hmm. But the city fell apart anyways. Yeah. There, there's always been sort of the ongoing debate of whether or not the city will see the dangers that it sees without Batman. Mm-hmm. If Batman is the one generating these villains, mm-hmm. like if he's the one that's bringing this about, mm-hmm. that maybe the city would just be safe without, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this clearly shows that it's not. Yeah. Um, and also, in the arc, Catwoman was in jail, or in uh, Arkham, and then busted out. And then they brought Catwoman to Batman because Booster's idea was that, okay, we're going to try to fix this world. Mm-hmm. Maybe when he sees you, he's going to be happy and you guys are going to fall in love. You guys are going to have a wedding and blah, blah, blah. He's going to fix everything. Because yeah. in that world, they didn't get married. They don't know each other. Mm-hmm. So Catwoman, though, doesn't have that sense of justice that she has now. Mm-hmm. Right? She, she hasn't been course corrected in a sense. Yeah. So she's very much animalistic. And when she shows up, she starts just killing people. Yeah. And Booster's like, oh my goodness, I like messed this up. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in the end, they pretty much like they all die. Mm-hmm. Bruce survives. Uh, Booster survives. And Booster's like, you know what? No, we got to go back. And we got to fix this again. Yeah. So he's like, I'm sorry, but the only thing I can do is I have to kill your parents. Mm-hmm. You have to live through that. Yeah. Or else the city will die. Yeah. Um. So they go through this whole thing and then they go back and fix it up and stuff like that. So the idea here is that Bruce has shown, um, not Bruce, Booster. Booster has shown Bruce and Selina sort of what the world will be like without Batman. Mm-hmm. What the world will be like without somebody protecting the city. Yeah. Um, so she's coming to the realization that she can't take that away. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't take that away from the city. Because if she takes that away, the city dies. Yeah. Right? And she's already seen it happen. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, those, like, what-if stories are always a little bit iffy. Yeah. Because you don't know if that's exactly how it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. But if that's the only option you're given, that is the only option you saw, then you kind of have to believe it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So that happens. And then in um, in in this part, she says something specifically. She says... If I help that lonely boy with the lonely eyes, she now sees Bruce Wayne as the boy, and she now sees not as not as love anymore, I don't think. She now sees as helping Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Like Bruce Wayne is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne is, you know, 
it it's 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 very different than the tone that they had at the beginning. Yeah. Right. Um. She now sees as sort of as a responsibility to support Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um. And that sort of it's kind of, it's kind of telling from a previous page when um Holly. Yep. Tell Selena because Selena's like, "Hey, Holly, am I a hero?" Yeah, and Holly says, "You know, after all that's happened, don't you have to be? Mm-hmm. Don't you have to be a hero?" Yeah, and the same thing Alfred said to to Batman as well, right? Batman said, um, "Batman says, can I be happy?" Yeah, um, th- he doesn't ask, "Do I deserve to be happy?" He asks, "Can I be happy?" And Alfred says, "Don't you have to?" Mm-hmm. After all that's gone through, mm-hmm. after all that you've been through, mm-hmm. don't you have to be happy? Um, and I think that sets something up really well. And here, Holly tells Selena that she has to be the hero. Yeah. Now, the hero in this situation could be defined in two different ways. She either can be a hero to Bruce Wayne or to Batman. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the part where she realizes that she can't save both. Yeah. She can only save one. Mm-hmm. And she's recognizing them not as the same entity anymore. She doesn't see Bruce Wayne as Batman. Yeah. She sees Bruce Wayne and Batman mm-hmm. as separate things. So yeah. she says she's basically making the decision that if she saves Bruce Wayne, then she saves their love mm-hmm. for each other. Mm-hmm. She saves Bruce Wayne, provides Bruce Wayne with the companionship he's longed for. Mm-hmm. But then the, that future could happen. Mm-hmm. With Batman no longer exists yeah. and the city falls apart. Yeah. If she says Batman, then she sacrifices her love with with Bruce Wayne, but she saves the city mm-hmm. and she saves the world essentially. Because mm-hmm. you know Batman operates on a galactic level too. Yeah. So sure. she saves yeah. the city, saves the world. She she saves everyone. So she decides to choose the selfless act. So that on the following page, you see her not show up to the to the rooftop altar, mm-hmm. and she just sort of jumps off the rooftop and then you know into the day. Into mm-hmm. the night, do whatever. This was the part where I felt like everything becomes clear to her, mm-hmm. and she finally understands what she has to do. Yeah, it is not what she wants to do anymore; it's what she has to do. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think, as a result for this book, this was the only outcome. Yeah, yeah, it's the only outcome that makes sense. Yeah, in my opinion, like if they were to get married, like what. It just wouldn't make any sense. Like, it's just, it'd be, you're talking about developing now characters in a way that they shouldn't be developed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're, when, if they were to get married, you would change, you would change Batman and Bruce Wayne so drastically that, that they would no longer be, he would no longer be a recognizable character. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and, you know, I feel like this was the only way it could have gone. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you wanted to keep the idea of Batman intact. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and this run and this book made a very conscious choice to show you that he has to be Batman. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that Batman is his life. Mm-hmm. You know, not Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um. This sort of... um. Is there anything you want to add in terms of this no, issue? No, no, it's uh, breaks my heart. Yeah, no, it was sad. <laughs> it was sad when I read it, but it makes it sense. was sad but satisfying. Yeah, because it was exactly how I thought it should have played out, mm-hmm. and the way it played out in the book 
like just just wrecks you yeah yeah but it makes so much sense mm-hmm. you know yeah um a lot of people talk about a lot of people online talk about whether or not batman deserves to be happy mm-hmm. and they talk about how you know hasn't he had enough doesn't he deserve to be happy mm-hmm. in this situation why ruin it for him yeah i think on the surface level yes he deserves to be happy yeah but this book asks that important question too yeah. and it's not whether or not he deserves to be happy it's whether or not batman can be happy yeah and in order for the idea of Batman to exist and to survive this and for Batman to continue to be a protector of the city, Bruce Wayne cannot be happy. Uh, no, a, a level of misery has to exist. Yeah. In order for Batman to be Batman. Yeah. Right? Uh, which is unfortunate and, and it's it's sad. It's a for, sad truth. It's a sad truth, right? Yeah. Because you, you allow Bruce Wayne to be happy it also then it also changes how he sees Batman, mm-hmm. right? And then that again, like I said, it'll it would change Batman entirely as a character, right? He's no longer the Dark Knight after that. Yeah, right. He's yeah. just. I mean how how would how would a happy Batman deal with situations? <laughs> he would just be he would end up being a less useful Superman. Yeah, that's what it would end up being like. Yeah, full of hope, full of optimism. Yeah, none of the powers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I'm not down for Batman to be like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, sad because truth, because he he's not going to be as focused. I don't think he's not yeah. going to be as determined. Right? Yeah. Um, because you you can't take that drive away. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's what this book answers so well and i think that's what this run answers so well and mm-hmm. it harkens all the way back i'm not going to talk about the entire run but i just want to talk about something from the very beginning yeah uh just something that it was like a seed that was already planted the mm-hmm. idea of the i am gotham run uh, the i am gotham arc that very mm-hmm. first arc where gotham and gotham girl shows up mm-hmm. these sort of two super powered essentially what you can consider to be superpowered versions of batman yeah so they show up in gotham and they become corrupted but Mm -hmm. before that batman sort of had this hope that you know maybe i don't need to keep saving the city if the city has better protectors yeah i need to make sure that the idea of gotham and gotham girl lives on Mm -hmm. because they can protect the city now with doing things that i can't possibly do yeah so he does his best to try to keep them intact yeah but ultimately, they fail and they become corrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, partially from the way they acquire those powers and stuff like that. They become yeah. corrupted, and you know, unfortunately, Gotham dies. Yeah, and I think that's the big realization for Bruce Wayne as well at the time. Well, Batman at the time, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman realizes that not even Gotham can save itself. Yeah, Gotham, regardless of the powers that it has it cannot protect itself from the corruption mm-hmm. and if Gotham the hero can't do it he has to be the one with his drive and determination to continue to save the city yep. and he had put all his eggs in the sort of the Gotham basket to try to like you know make sure that you know and that's why he really tried to save Gotham girl mm-hmm. because that was like the sort of sliver of hope that he still had Yeah, that maybe he could be something else while Gotham Girl saves or yeah. protects Gotham. Which didn't happen. So. Which didn't happen. So, <laughs> which is, I think from the very beginning, you already have that, that already set there is 
in order for the city to survive, Batman has to exist. Yeah. Right? Because of his drive and determination, no one else can do what he does better than he, mm-hmm. better than Batman can. Mm-hmm. Right? Regardless of powers or not, they just can't be better Batman than Batman. Yeah. 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 So it gets that gets talked about throughout the entire run leading up to this point, but obviously that's that's way too much to cover in one day. Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna try to cover that right now. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, overall this book I think is a very good cap point or half cap point to this run yeah. because obviously there's more that's going to happen more things that are going to develop oh yeah um, but it's a good way to cap this part of the saga yeah and to show us that this was something that this entire theme of Batman's happiness and whether or not Batman can be happy it is covered throughout that entire first part mm-hmm. of this first 50 issues mm-hmm. and I think it's really well done yeah. really well done really well pasted really well executed in yeah. my opinion uh, I know a lot of people on the internet don't share that <laughs> opinion but uh, I do believe that this is one of the more satisfying runs that I've read so far yeah. and I can't wait to keep for more to come out mm-hmm. uh, Tom King has said that he had 100 he had 100 issues planned for this yeah. it's like a 100 issue run yeah. so we're at the half point mm-hmm. um so it's, it'll be interesting to see what comes after. Yeah, especially with the uh, that reveal at the end with Holly. We'll have yeah. to uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Right? It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, what do what do you think about Batman now? I know you don't typically follow Batman as much, but he's not. I mean, like, here's the thing: it's it's not that I don't like Batman. I yeah. like Batman. He's just not my favorite superhero, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is why I don't follow his runs probably as much as I should. But I mean, to me, this doesn't change my opinion of Batman. <laughs> it's just well, I mean, like of this run, like would yeah, you it's, it's just that, forward. I guess you know, I always I always thought that Tom King was a brilliant writer. Mm-hmm. I always thought that he was a brilliant writer. Uh, that's the only reason why I even bought the uh by into the the first arc of um batman rebirth when when it first came out like what two years ago yeah and i had a chance to meet tom king as well like i said it's he's a brilliant writer uh he's the one that makes the story interesting for me yeah for sure but my opinion of batman doesn't change (laughs) (laughs) i still like him he's just not my favorite superhero yeah yeah for sure (laughs) yeah but um yeah no i I think this i think this run is pretty great so far um yeah, so I mean, I think that that about covers that wedding issue yeah. for us. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of, you know, breaking down almost page by page. Almost. Um, you know, just some of like the more seminal parts of the, the, yeah. of, the of the book that, you know, we think should be covered. So, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, let us know what you think. If you didn't like or if you did like the book, let us know. Uh, send us a tweet, you know, tweet at us at Dark Rose Comics or, you know, send us an email, contact at darkrosecomics.com or, you know, just shoot us a message on the uh, on our Facebook group. You know, we can always have an open discussion there. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think about this book. Um, in the meantime, why don't we go ahead and move on to our next segment, our next and last segment? It's the uh, offerings to Darkseid segment. Offerings to Darkseid. Offerings to Darkseid. <laughs> and we're at the offerings to Darkseid segment. In this segment, what we do is we take something outside of the world of comics, outside of the world of coffee. And we offer it to you, something that we enjoy, and we offer it to you, the listeners, and we hope you'll enjoy it too. Uh, this week, Victor's gonna go first, wow, <laughs> as per just usual. Just like every week. Just like every week. 
And uh, let's see what Victor has to offer us this week. Netflix. Like the entirety of Netflix? Kim's Convenience. Oh, the show. Such a good show. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's funny such show. a good show. It's a pretty funny show. I, I, we both started watching it recently, actually. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think what makes it so good is just how funny they can make i guess the the struggles like everyday conversations yeah, yeah that and and also like the 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 everyday struggles and and the everyday happenings of an asian immigrant family and and what it's like to be um a child of of asian immigrants right yeah. so I, th- yeah. I thought that was pretty funny uh, it hits pretty close to home i think which is which is i think why it's so relatable for for me and for you yeah and also it's filmed in uh from Toronto, it's good old so, Toronto. So you know, it, it's some brownie points there. But <laughs> they made a lot of Toronto references in there too. Oh like yeah, absolutely. everything they say absolutely. is a Toronto reference. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so again, it's on Netflix. It's Kim's Convenience. Check it out now, or be square. I don't know. I don't. I didn't think of a. <laughs> I didn't think of anything to say. <laughs> just check it out. Just check it just, out. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jerry? What are you recommending this week? Uh, this week we're going back to music for me. Um, there's a new album that just got released called Expectations by BB Rexa. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty good album. So she she's usually fe- a featured artist. Yeah. She's like a featured artist on a lot of other artists' songs, um, and she does like behind the scenes stuff. She does like write. She does songwriting and stuff like that for other artists as well. Yeah. So this is sort of her first foray into solo. You know. Like solo progress. Okay. So she released a solo album. She fe- and it features some other guests on there too, which is pretty good. There were some pretty good tracks. And um, yeah, no, I, I really like the album. I think everyone should check it out. It's it's different from what you get. It's a little different from what you get in mainstream music these okay. days. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And she has a pretty unique sound. Yeah. Uh, not in just her music, but like her voice as well. So mm. it. She's she's very recognizable, so yeah, I actually really enjoy the album. It's called Expectations we by should, BB Rexa. We should get one of her songs on Kim's Convenience. It'd be like the ultimate mashup. <laughs> How are we gonna get it onto that show? Ah, we'll figure it out. How are we even gonna get in contact with the guys at that show? We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's basically our offerings this week. <laughs> so yeah, I think that concludes the segment. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please also remember to rate and leave us a review on iTunes if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book you'd like us to discuss on the show, please email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics, twitter.com slash utterlygeeky for myself, and twitter.com slash victorjyoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics, and we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics. And if you want to be a part of our community, join us on our Facebook group at Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. And thus ends no. the holy no. catrimony okay. of the bat and the cat. I was debating between using the catrimony or the matrimony. They both work, you know. You can use whichever. 
putting it out there now. Goodbye.